Thankfulness really, I think, determines, maybe more than anything else, our relationship with God. If we are unthankful, we're not going to have a good relationship with the Lord. If we're thankful, it will help us overcome many other difficulties and have a better relationship. Remember in Numbers chapter 10 to verse, uh, chapter 13, the children of Israel were complaining about against God in the wilderness after all that he had done. They were still griping and complaining and moaning about things. Uh, I found, find it amazing that God split the Red Sea for them. And three days later, they're talking about killing Moses because they don't have water. Now, of course, water is important. But if God can split a, an ocean, do you think he can't provide water? He's already... He's already demonstrated that water is not an issue for him. And uh, yet they were complaining. They, at one point, talked about how they missed the good food they had back in Egypt. Never mind that they were slaves and they were uh, beaten and they were treated like trash in Egypt, yet they thought about the food back there. Uh, they were evidently willing to trade their freedom for a better menu, really, when it came down to it. So when they complained about manna, that God dropped from heaven, can you imagine your food? You don't go grocery shopping, you just go pick it off the ground the next morning. Every night it came down from heaven. Well, then God sent quail, uh, which they ate till they choked on it, basically. But they were unhappy people, these Jews in the wilderness, uh, because of their complaining, their murmuring. I don't like to make this statement without you know, because it's maybe a little questionable, but I heard a preacher say one time that more people in the Bible died because of complaining than any other sin. You think on that, and you can see that in, in the Israelites a lot. But uh, it's easy to beat up on the Israelites until you remember the Americanites. We're not much better. Uh, we do the same. We're quick to complain, and we're short, uh, not so easily uh, ready to uh, talk about praising God. Let's look at Psalm 103, and we'll read verses 1 through 5. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgiveth all mine iniquities, of all thine iniquities. Who healeth all thy diseases. Who redeemeth thy life from destruction. Who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies. Who satisfieth thy mouth with good things, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. So I'm going to talk tonight for a minute about benefits, the benefits we get from the Lord. Sometimes we need to stop and consider all the things that God has done for us. And really, for that matter, all the things others have done for us as well. Uh, that's what Psalm 103 is all about. It's a prayer by David, and he talks to himself, reminding himself to bless the Lord and to forget not all his benefits. It would do us well if we would put praise into practice, not only this week, but every week of our life. Put, put uh, Even if it's, I don't know, some people are more journalers than other people, but uh, it's good to write down your praises. If it were just a practice of writing down, uh, maybe having a notebook on your nightstand or something, or just writing down a blessing from the day, uh, or at least recounting it in some way, uh, this is why we encourage these testimonies on Sunday night and, and nights like this. 
uh, for God's blessing, we need to be reminded, we need to remind ourselves. We're sure good at telling the Lord what we want Him to do. Uh, we're good at being those, uh, the advisor. You know, a lot of people, that, that's the kind of Christian they want to be. They want to be on the advisory board of heaven. Uh, tell God how He should do things. Now, we're good at that. We're good at thinking we know how He ought to act. But we need to replace our complaining spirit with a heart of gratitude to the Lord. Now, we're only one night away. This is Thanksgiving Eve, if you will. And I want to just remind you tonight not to forget all his benefits. Now, to do that, we need to think before we can thank. We need to ponder before we can praise. We need to remember before we can rejoice. We have to think about these things. That's why the Bible says, forget not. Now, we all, uh, to some extent, are forgetful. Uh, you know, as we get older, it seems like it hits more and more. We forget things. And uh, that that's uh, something here, it's easy to forget the benefits of anything, really. It's in marriage, the same thing. If we're not careful, we can start to put focus on the negative, 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 and forget the good that's in it. Uh, forget the good qualities of our spouse and just focus on the negative qualities. And though that's going to lead to an unhappy life and an unhappy relationship. Forget not all his benefits. This takes a practice. This is, this is purposeful for us to remember, to uh, determine in our hearts, I'm not going to forget what God did here. If God did something for you this year, don't forget. Choose to remember it. Hang on to it. Uh, you'll be happier. Uh, uh, let me read you this statement. Blessed are those who give without remembering. Blessed are those who take without forgetting. Now think about that because we're all very good at remembering everything we do for others, but it's harder to forget, uh, harder to remember the things that God and others do for us. And you'll be happier if you forget what you do, but not what others and God do for you. And so that's what David's saying when he says, forget not all his benefits. I just really quickly want to take five things from these verses really quickly and uh, of things we must not forget. Number one is pardon. Look at what he says here, who forgiveth all thine iniquities. It's no surprise that David starts here. This is the foundation for everything else. We talked about this Sunday being uh, grateful for the fact that our name is written in heaven. That's what we need to be thankful for. Our greatest problem is our sin. Our greatest need is forgiveness from the Lord for that sin. So David says that God forgives all of our iniquity. By the way, that's good news, isn't it? That God forgives. Just mentioned uh, uh, Brother Myron just a minute ago about Grace and forgiveness and mercy. That's what we need and that's what he gives. How many of us have messed up over and over and over again in our life? All, all of us have done things repeatedly that we wish we wouldn't do and uh, promising we'll never do them again, but still do them again and, and uh, find ourselves in the same problem. I'm glad that the word all is included here. Now all in the Greek, or here in the Hebrew, actually in the Old Testament, uh, all in the Hebrew is really is deep, so you might want to write this down. All in the Hebrew means all, okay? So he says, all mine iniquities. That's not hard for us to comprehend, but it is quite a blessing, isn't it, that God forgives all of our iniquities. That means he forgives our sins past, present, and future. Often we think when it comes to Christ, uh, and we ask forgiveness for our sin, that he forgives us of all of our past sins the moment we're saved, and then from them until from then until death, it's just 
were kind of on a race with the devil. But I invite you to remember when Christ died, all of our sins were in the future. And he died for them. And he'll die for, uh, he, he pardons all of our iniquities. So the first one is pardon. What a God we serve, what grace he gives us. Second is healing. Who healeth all thy diseases. Now, you might ask, do you believe in divine healing? Absolutely. In fact, that's the only healing there is, uh, is divine healing. I was reading uh, something today, I don't remember where it was, but uh, about somebody that had invited a surgeon over for Thanksgiving dinner, and after this host had carved up the turkey, uh, he says, no, you see how good I did? I think I could be a surgeon. And the surgeon said, well, if you're that good, put it back together again. That's where the real test comes in. Uh, but truly, even a surgeon can't heal. All he can do is cut, and they can do, they can stitch it up, but it's God that heals. He's the one that he, So, do I believe in divine healing? It's the only healing there is, is divine healing. And yes, I do believe it. I don't think that uh, some guy can smack you on the forehead and make it happen, but uh, God absolutely heals. We hear about this all the time. We just heard a testimony a minute ago uh, from Lee a second ago about healing that took place in someone's body. And uh, so absolutely, he still is in the healing business. We go through life and we have no guarantee of our health. We have no guarantee of our length of life. That is all in God's hands. I hope every single one of you live to be 90, 95, 100. We live a ripe old age and I hope that for all of us, but we have no guarantee of that. In fact, if the past is any, I don't mean to be morbid here, but if the past is any indication, the next time we meet at Thanksgiving, there'll be somebody else in our congregation, perhaps, that has went home to be with the Lord. That's happened the last several years, and that's just the nature of life. We don't have any promise of tomorrow. James Fix is often credited with the starting of America's running craze, and we have a running craze. People, uh, you can't, it doesn't matter how cold it is out, I'll catch somebody running <laughs> as I'm coming to work in the morning. And uh, it's, so I guess it's a good thing. He's the author of the 1977 bestseller, The Complete Book of Running. He ran 10 miles a day, James Fix. Uh, he did many other vigorous exercises. He was in great physical condition. At the age of 52, he was jogging near his home in Vermont when he dropped dead of a heart attack. That's why I don't run. It's dangerous stuff, isn't it? Uh, but... I mean, and, and it's a good thing he was healthy, but that doesn't guarantee anything, does it? God's in control of when we go. Uh, God's in control of what happens to us, and, and uh, he makes that call. Now, may I say that faith for deliverance is, uh, is not necessarily faith in God. If you, only, if you only go for the fact that either you're delivered or you don't believe God anymore, uh, faith means whether I'm physically delivered or not, I'll still believe he's God and I'll still believe he's good. That's real faith. Uh, it's the prayer that you're okay with either answer. That's the most effective prayer in which you're all right with or, or you're going to accept either answer. And so uh, even if God chooses to bring illness, we still trust him. Now, there are some things that we only learn through trials and troubles and illness and those things. So there is healing. There's pardon, and then there's healing. And then thirdly, there's deliverance. Who redeemeth my life, or thy life, from destruction. Destruction, the original word there is shakath. It means the pit. It means the grave. It's talking about death here. Uh, the, he delivereth from death. Now, I'd like you to just consider something. 
you most of you drove tonight here in a vehicle. Uh, think uh, next time you're in your vehicle, look at your speedometer. You might not have started at zero, but you've put a lot of miles on that speedometer. Think of the thousands of miles that you have driven, yet you're here tonight. You're safe. Uh, Pastor Forsberg asked that almost every week. Anybody have a car accident this week? It's something to be grateful for. Every day, every day in this country, people are killed on the roads. But not you and not me, not yet. God has preserved us. Uh, every time I, I think of it constantly as I'm going down a, a country road, especially when you meet that semi-truck, you know, and, you, you, and he flies past you and your vehicle shakes a little bit from the wind. And I, I find myself often thinking, man, if I'd have been five feet to the left, just like that, be over. But yet God protects us. He delivers us from destruction. You could die today, but it won't happen without God's permission. Every day you look at your, every time you look at your speedometer, you ought to be thankful that God has preserved you. Every day the Lord rescues us in a million ways that we don't, just, that we might not even see or be aware of. But yet He'll con, He'll continually protect us. We are too flippant about God's protection, as if we're in charge of everything. We're not. There's so many ways we could be harmed or hurt, and some of the things we aren't even aware of. I I try to remind myself of that sometimes, and thank God for. For, for what didn't happen, because I, I don't, I'm not, not, might not even be aware of it, but it could have, but it didn't. And so thank you for that. We ought to be thankful. You might think nothing of note happened today, but think of what didn't happen today. That phone call uh, of a loved one that didn't come today, that passing on, or that, that phone call that one of your children was in an accident, or that phone call from a doctor with bad news that didn't happen today. Let's be grateful for what doesn't happen sometimes. No one shot you today. Uh, it's a blessing. Uh, you weren't beaten. Amen. Uh, your wife still loves you, you think. And uh, so those things are things we can be grateful for. And uh, we ought to be grateful for that constantly. You still have your health uh, to some extent. And so uh, be thankful. That's what I'm trying to say tonight. Be thankful. We have pardon. We have healing. We have deliverance. And then fourth, we have coronation. Who crowneth thee with the loving kindness and tender mercies. It is the loyal, unending, unchanging love of God towards us. He keeps or he heaps up blessings in our life and then he continues to pour them out on us every day that we live. Uh, he crowns us then, the Bible says, with tender mercies. By the way, aren't you glad it doesn't say tender justice? Because we all deserve justice, but he doesn't give us justice. He gives us Mercy. Praise God for that. He says he crowns us with tender mercies. There's nothing tender about justice, but there certainly is about his mercy. If we were to receive what we truly deserve from God, uh, we would stand no chance. But instead of justice, God gives us tender mercy. The crown reminds us of our position as children of God. Now, in our day, uh, in the world anyway, only kings and queens wear crowns. But the, it's the privilege of every Christian, every child of God, to be crowned with the loving kindness and tender mercies of God. That is something to be thankful for. And then finally, he says, satisfaction. Who satisfies thy soul with good things so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. He satisfies you with good things, with good. Uh, there's nothing on earth that can satisfy deeply like God himself. Uh, only he can satisfy. Now the emphasis here is not on 
what we possess, but on who possesses us. And that is the Lord, and that's the satisfaction. To be satisfied means to be so full that you need nothing else. Like the end of the dinner you're probably going to eat tomorrow. When you couldn't eat another bite, and you're sitting there in almost a comatose state, satisfied. That's the idea of the satisfied here, that God satisfies us. You have two helpings of everything, and you eat till you can't eat anymore. Try to stop the voices in my head to be bullied by the voices in my stomach, you know. And uh, finally, when we stop, we're satisfied. But even that satisfaction eventually wears off, doesn't it? And then you have to eat again. Uh, if you're a teenage boy, that's about a one to two hour time period. Uh, but uh, for all of us, we'll have to eat again. That satisfaction doesn't stay. But here David speaks of a satisfaction deeper than anything the world can offer. And that is the satisfying of the Lord. What a blessing. The truth is we're here today, we're going tomorrow. God says to his children, we who are frail, uh, who are perishing, really, he tells us, I'll give you whatever you need so you can soar like an eagle, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. And all of us need this really on a daily basis. There's a way to renew your outlook and your attitude on life. Uh, it is better than aerobics. It is quicker than dieting. We've already learned running's dangerous, so we don't even bring that up. It's better than all these things physical, and that is the satisfaction that God gives us. He satisfieth thy mouth with good things. Fill your life with God's good gifts to you. And by, the, by, by that, I don't mean uh, you know, that we have to manufacture something. We have to remember, forget not. The benefits are there. The Bible doesn't talk about whether they are there or not. They're already there. The, the, the chapter starts out with the assumption, you're already getting many benefits from the Lord. Just don't forget them. It's not saying, if you have benefits, be thankful. No, you already have them. Just don't forget you have them. That's what this chapter is telling us. And so we have those benefits. We just need to become aware of them. And we need to be reminded and remind ourselves constantly the good things that are there. And every one of us, now, if, if, we, did, if we did tonight different, and we came to pie and praise, and we had a, uh, I didn't think of this ahead of time to come up with a neat phrase, but uh, complain and crumpets, or whatever you want to say, all right? We do something different. We, we all come together to complain. Every one of us, could we not raise our hands and complain about something? Family troubles, sicknesses, aches and pains, circumstantial issues. We could all complain about something. Uh, but the Bible's saying, don't, don't focus on that. Forget not his benefits. And that's what's going to renew your attitude. So it's going to give you a positive outlook. You'll be healthier. You'll be uh, in a much more pleasant person to be around and to live with if you forget not his benefits. So I'm just asking you uh, to join in uh, with me and let's just be thankful. Let's be thankful for what the Lord's done for us and in our families, in our lives, uh, so much uh, we could complain about, but yet so much more we can be grateful for. If you let him, the Lord will give you something the world cannot match. And the way to realize that is to be thankful. Because if you're a child of God, he already has given you something the world cannot match. So let's be thankful. And let's not put our focus on the wrong things. Amen?
That's my challenge to you tonight. So.